America's top diplomat, Antony Blinken, is due to arrive in Israel in the next few hours from the U.S. as the U.S. and other nations try to prevent a wider conflict erupting in the Middle East. There's also growing diplomatic pressure to get essential supplies into Gaza, which has been sealed off after Hamas, which is designated as a terror organization by many Western governments, launched attacks into Israel. Here are some of the latest developments. The United Nations says more than 338,000 people have now been forced to flee their homes in Gaza, and food, fuel and water are urgently needed. Ahead of a possible incursion into Gaza, the Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has established a national emergency unity government with opposition leader Benny Gantz. Israel has continued its mobilization of troops. Hundreds of thousands are on the southern border with Gaza. President Biden says he's told Mr. Netanyahu that Israel must abide by the rules of war in its fight against Hamas. As we mentioned, the U.S. Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, is due to arrive in Israel in the next hour or so. All this as Israeli airstrikes on Gaza continue. The Palestinian health ministry said at least 51 people died overnight. Well, here's the scene live in Gaza this morning where just in the past few hours, the health ministry has confirmed, as we've said, that 1,200 Palestinians have been killed in retaliatory airstrikes since Saturday. A similar number of people in Israel are now thought to have been killed in the multiple assaults by Hamas at the weekend. In the last hour, a military spokesman said at least 220 soldiers are amongst them. Well, our correspondent Nick Beek reports now from Tel Aviv. Israel says hundreds of thousands of its troops are gathering outside Gaza and warns they'll soon be moving into the Hamas-controlled territory as part of its response to the atrocities committed on Israeli soil. Alongside this show of military force, a war cabinet has been formed. Citizens of Israel, this evening we have established a national emergency government. The people of Israel are united, and today its government is united. We are fighting a cruel enemy, worse than ISIS. In Washington, President Biden pledged unwavering support for Israel. Americans are among the up to 150 hostages feared to have been taken into Gaza and among those killed in Hamas's assault. This attack uh, was uh, a campaign of pure cruelty, not, not just hate, but pure cruelty against the Jewish people. And I would argue it's the deadliest day for Jews since the Holocaust, the deadliest day since the Holocaust. This is what Gaza looked like in the early hours of this morning plunged into darkness after its only power station shut down. Israel has cut off electricity supplies to these densely populated Palestinian communities. Many are now in ruins after being bombarded by Israeli airstrikes over the past five days. The UN says essential supplies of food, fuel and water must be allowed to reach civilians. We left our homes thinking that we would return in an hour. We left our belongings, money, food and everything we owned. Now there are 50 people in the house without food, drink, water or electricity. I do not know how we'll provide food for our children. I'm searching here under the rubble for the remains of lentils and rice, even a little for my children. 
Israel says Hamas's attacks justify this response, that this is an act of self-defense. But Israel is accused of breaking international law, killing hundreds of civilians in an act of revenge. This is the latest footage released by the Israeli military showing their bombardment of Gaza. They say it will continue until Hamas is wiped off the face of the earth. As the calls become even more urgent for aid to be allowed in and for civilians to be given a way out. Nick Beek, BBC News, Tel Aviv. Well, we heard from the Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu in Nick's report. Joining his war cabinet is the main opposition leader and Mr. Netanyahu's longtime rival, Benny Gantz. After they agreed to form an emergency unity government to manage the war with Hamas. At a news conference, Mr. Gantz, who's a former army commander, said the move sent a strong message. Our standing here together, shoulder to shoulder, is a message to our enemies and most importantly, a message to all citizens of Israel. We are all together. We are all soldiers. There is a time for war and a time for peace. Now is a time for war. Well, overnight, Israel's exchange of rocket fire with Hamas continued. These pickets, these pictures show rockets being fired into Israel from Gaza. And this footage shows Israel's Iron Dome missile defense system intercepting those rockets with explosions in the sky. Well, BBC Verify is continuing to monitor the impact of Israeli airstrikes in Gaza. Several videos released by the Israeli Defense Force have shown their attacks. One was on the Islamic University of Gaza, targeted between the 10th and 11th of October. This is a satellite image of what the university looked like before the strike. BBC Verify matched the building's distinctive shapes to know that this image was taken after the strike. Israel says Hamas was using the university as a training camp for weapons development and military intelligence. Well, that's a claim we haven't been able to independently confirm. But these images show the Al-Rimal area before the strikes, and this is a satellite image of the same neighborhood in Gaza, which came through yesterday and has been located by our colleagues at BBC Verify. Well, with me now is Saeed Shata from BBC Arabic. Side, just over two million people living inside uh, Gaza, very small area. What have, what's the latest of that we've been hearing overnight? Uh, the latest is more bombardment from uh, Israel airstrikes and demolished building, uh, destruction. We were killed. I look at uh, several videos. It's horrific videos of children uh, dying. The ambulances carrying some of them under the uh, restriction because the ceiling off, like not allowing food or electricity. So there's a problem in fuel to even to make this hospital working at full capacity. So they use only the hospital for uh, helping people, saving life only, not like death, uh, like threat, but like nothing more than that. And this like put pressure. There is more than 1,200 1, people died according to the uh, Minister of Health in Gaza. And there is about 5,000 injured so far. There is more than 300,000 
according to the UN, uh, this place or forced to leave their houses. But the problem, where do you go? Even Israel, like, warned them, like, leave their, your houses because we're hitting it under the claim they are used by Hamas fighters. But where do you go, these people? Well, where do you go? That's the question, isn't it? I mean, I know there are some negotiations ongoing. There is pressure mounting on Israel to allow some civilians to leave Gaza. What are some of the challenges with that idea? Uh, the problem is uh, there was a, uh, an old idea that to put the uh, people of Gaza in Sinai, and it was like a proposal, but was refused by Egypt, and the president of Egypt refused that. But allowing like humanitarian, uh, be for humanitarian reason to come, that's no problem. And Egypt uh, sent a convoy, big convoy, but Israel refusing to allow it in, so Egypt cannot do that through Rafah. Uh, crossing uh, United States, and I think with Blinken visit and with other pressure from uh, Qatar, Turkey, Saudi Arabia, Iran, it might uh, help to ease attention and put pressure on Israel to allow that because mm. with the uh, images of people, children dying, and with demonstration in many places, so I think Israel will lose. I think the battle in media, if they don't allow this humanitarian uh, to go, humanitarian corridor to, do, to do go there. You've mentioned all these regional players. Now we know that Saudi, Iran, uh, Saudi Arabia and Iran have been speaking. Quite unusual, really. They've only just started to reestablish diplomatic ties. Can you tell us what they've been talking about? And in particular, where Saudi Arabia is standing in all of this? It was the first time uh, a contact between the Iranian president Ibrahim Raisi and the crown prince of Saudi Arabia Mohammed bin Salman since uh, the uh, agreement of resuming the relationship in March uh, through mediation by China. And according to the Iranian state media, they're saying that uh, the, uh, the Ibrahim Raisi talk with uh, Mohammed bin Salman the need to stop the, what he described war crimes against Palestine. But on the other hand, the, the Saudi uh, media uh, agency, like the state media, saying Ben Salman didn't mention about war crimes, but he, what he said is there is need to allow humanitarian aid, there is need to uh, stop like uh, the atrocities happening there, and and there is no, and even he was rejecting killing civilians, and implicitly it means civilians from both sides, so he doesn't take one side because killing civilians is, is not, is not, is not uh, allowed. At the same time, you know, like Iran has, is known to support Hamas and, uh, and Hezbollah, so I think the rule of Saudi Arabia to convince Iran not to do that, so it will contain uh, the uh, conflict not to be uh, uh, outside this uh, thing and to escalate it. Thank you very much for taking us through that. Saeed Shahata from BBC Arabic. Thank you.